what? This is Killer Serials. I thought I'd change up the intro a little bit. It works. Do it. I'm Tony Jones. Ryan Parker. He doesn't ever say I'm Ryan Parker. He just says his name. Soon it's going to be down to one name. He's gonna and then it's going to be down to RP. He's going he's gonna to be JRP. The real RP. Um, hey, this is a podcast that we call Killer Serials. And Nobody else calls it that. We just it's just us. <laughs> and we talk about television from a theological yes. perspective, theological, yes. religious, spiritual perspective. And you know the show that we're watching and talking about now, The Path, it has one of those. It has lots of that. It is a bit religious in its outlook, being that it's about a cult. I mean a movement. A movement. We're talking a about movement. episode two ten. Yes. We're and, getting a thick we're in the right in the thick of things. One of the things that if ha- things are speeding up, Tony. Run down a little bit of how the how the plot thickens in episode. Well, 10. He, he, well, here's the thing. Here's what's really exciting for us. I think one of the stronger episodes of the season. It's built around a three day ritual, uh-huh. which feels like Yom Kippur. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But it's built around this three day ritual, uh, and some things happen in this episode. Some people show up, which which are kind of like a fly in the ointment, right? Which complicate the movement and the narrative they're trying to create. Uh, Another thing that happens in this episode, Hawk reconnects with his girlfriend, Ashley, in the city. She's in school, and she makes a revelation to him um, about their past that kind of throws him for a loop. Um, He starts to see a mentor of his in a different light. We'll talk more about that. Abe is continuing his investigation. He thinks what he he thinks that he's got enough to um, expose the movement, but you're really starting to get the sense that the wheels are falling off of this thing, for right? Abe. And, 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 yeah. yeah, not only for That's, Abe personally, but for his bosses too. Yeah, they're getting they, they they expected a quicker resolution and probably more bang for their buck. Sean's parents show up. Yeah, Sean and Mary are uh, increasingly unhappy in their situation, and we'll talk more about this too. And their um, friend, who's a like cult debrainwasher lady. Yeah, we can we can talk about that. Yeah, and you know, and and Sarah and Cal are are kind of doing their thing. I think uh, that that storyline, um, at least in this episode, is a little less uh, interesting. Yeah, for our discussion. So. These are some these are some big things. So let's talk about this ritual. What I like about and we watched and this is kind of maybe worth noting. We watched the final four episodes for the first time of the second season with the writers of the show. Yeah. Which was which was a neat experience to hear them comment on how they came to certain things. And one of the things that I've really liked about the show the most are the moments when we see the community at work in religious ritual. Yeah. We haven't seen that a lot. Um, there's always reference to the ladder and climbing the ladder and the rungs and the beliefs and all that kind of stuff, but we rarely see them enact anything. Right. And and I think that's a smart thing to do, that it's just not inundated with, the, with that because it's not a documentary about a religious movement. Uh, but this thing, this seems to be this three-day ritual of confession and cleansing, right? Um, and I think they had a name for it, but for, 
now it doesn't really matter, but it, mir- it kind of mirrors Yom Kippur where there's this, you kind of laying everything down, right? You know, here's what's funny, and, and this is what I really like about so much of what they do on the path, is it's like this this ritual, this three-day cleansing ritual, it's like half deeply like religious Yom Kippur traditional stuff, half like what you did at summer camp when you were in fifth grade on like Thursday night when they tell you to confess your sins. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone's yeah. sitting around picnic tables and painting coffins, which is like this really weird, like morbid experience. I'm running a junior high camp this year and I may actually have the kids build little mini coffins and like yeah. put their sins inside of it and yeah. throw it in the lake. I mean, you're you totally going to steal that idea. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. okay, everybody go to the craft hall and make your coffin. So it's, yeah. I mean, Nobody would actually have the kids make a coffin, but it's kind of this fun, except maybe like a hardcore Baptist would or something. But well, so there's. I mean, there's here, let, let me just let me just say uh, let me just say this. We used to do this retreat that was had a similar kind of deal. It was a three day long retreat for kids. It was called Teens Encounter Christ, and the first night. Did was they, like, what did they meet him at a bowling alley or something? No, where, we was met this, in church, where was met this? Where was this encounter? And we met in a church, and it was like. Thursday thir- or Friday night was like supposed to be Maundy Thursday and we ended with the Lord's Supper and everybody in silence and Saturday night was supposed to be like Good Friday and then Sunday morning was Easter Sunday. So it was like the whole of the passion of Jesus like down into three days for teenagers, okay? So yeah. It was a pretty good idea. But we had this thing where on Friday night, on Good Friday, like you would um, write your sin on a piece of paper. And then out in the church courtyard, you would go and you would there were there was a big you nail it to a cross. There's a big cross full of nails, and you push your sin onto one of the nails. And but then what did the leaders do? Read them? Nope. Lit what? it on fire. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You can't oh. see the look on my face right now. <laughs> you bunch of Aryan. Was this a KKK rally? You're so burning like, a cross. <laughs> So like did nobody the, think did nobody no. think wait a minute wait no. a minute <laughs> nobody, nobody for years they did this thing where there was a burning cross in the courtyard of the like church. black people no you wonder why like no black people lived around the church oh my gosh and they're then finally somebody them. pointed it out they're like oh my gosh so then that's, that's funny <laughs> then we would take all like the kids would nail their sins to the cross and then we would take all the sins down and put them in a bucket. And then burn them. And then the thing was, then you gave kids the sign of the cross in ashes on their forehead from oh, the okay. burn, from okay. their own burned sins, you know? Yeah. But but the burning cross was like, for years there was this burning cross in the courtyard that nobody, like nobody put two and two together. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm glad they didn't do that on the path. So listen, here's the thing. They, they, they create these little coffins. Some are cute. Some are not. And Richard makes this comment, it's a shame we burn them. Yeah. So it's this kind of ominous tone Let me just to say what they're going to do. It's kind of funny when Summer comes up to Sarah and is like, Mommy, Mommy, can, can I make your coffin for you? It's a little bit like, Mom, can I make you with some more? <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, go ahead and make my coffin. Thanks. Yeah. And, you know, here's the thing. And so the, and so the, the series progresses, and, or the episode progresses, I'm sorry. And one of the... 
at the end of the episode, we see that uh, what Sarah has written in the coffin is that she relinquishes Cal. Yeah. Right? So, but flash forward to the end of the episode. Everybody, they meet by the uh, by the lake. Yeah. And they throw their coffins into the lake. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then they walk away. And I'm sitting here thinking, no. Are you crazy? Don't walk away. <laughs> Who's walking away? Your darkest secret is in that. And somebody's going to get them. And sure enough, like three guys get them and they toss them onto a firewall, except for Richard, right? Oh, he grabs funny. Sarah's and reads what and read what's what's inside. Right. So if you're going to do that, be damn sure it gets Yours onto gets the burned. fire pit unopened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But hey, I want to talk about this because we've seen – I think the ritual practice uh, is very important and because I think it's one of these positive things about religion or that religion can do. We're seeing ways that it can be exploited, whether it's Sarah blackmailing former members of the movement or Richard reading something that he shouldn't be reading. But what do you make of this shared communal practice of confession and accountability and atonement. We don't really do that as a people anywhere else in society. And, and God knows we need to. Only in religion do we do yeah. it. It's so true. talk to me. I mean, do you see, like, do you feel that that's important? Do you feel that that's healthy? Do you feel like, um, or not? Like, what do yeah, you, I what mean, do you make? You wonder, you wonder as society moves further away from the commitment to going to, you know, a worship service because in almost every communion liturgy in Protestantism and Catholicism, there's some sort of um, communal confession of sin before kind of cleansing yourself and making yourself right before you take communion. And then it's really big, like during Holy week and on Monday, Thursday and good Friday and Catholics are all supposed to go to confession and make, um, you know, sometime during that week, now, I think actually most Catholics now don't do individual confession like in a confessional booth with a priest, but do it at like a service of reconciliation on Good Friday at their parish. So um, there is something. Isn't it funny, too, when you think about, to put it in a broader context, about you know asking for forgiveness and kind of atoning for your sins and what you've done wrong, that like um, how much grief Barack Obama made anytime he would like kind of try to conciliate for something that had happened Didn't in America's right. past. Yeah. He's yeah. on a forgiveness tour. He's, yeah. he's like on an asking for apology tour. I mean, yeah. he's at, he's going on. A, we have nothing to we apologize for. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, cause I was thinking in society, what is the only other place is, and it's not done in a loving way is like public shaming, right? Yeah. Like on yeah. Twitter or, Whatever, right? And those apology tours that you talk about that celebrities take all the time. But again, that's not really confession or attempting to make right. No, I think you see it it's much just more in like to in, in kind of cover over. Like at the Truth and Reconciliation Commission in oh, South boy. Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Think of talk about a powerful walking com- in front of the whole country. National, yeah. you know, groups of individuals and groups of people basically Fessing up to what they've done wrong and trying to make amends for it, you know. Well, the, it, it's I don't know. It was just an interesting addition in the 
in the show with all the secrets that the characters have and all the yeah, and there seems to be that conflicts and everything. I think it was done well and it yeah, was handled. And I like I like that it was three. Days nice long. touch. I like that it was three days long. I yeah. like that there's fasting involved and then it's yes. broken with like a family meal. A and let's talk about this meal. meal. And let's what talk happens? about that meal. The best. The it just goes off the rails because I mean, here's what's interesting is you know test. <clears throat> Tess breaks in. Well, who's Tess? Let's talk about it because we've. I was about to say it's someone we've only heard about, but we haven't seen. Tess is the – well, we know that Hank's been seeing Tess. Yeah, but we haven't seen her in that community, right? So we haven't seen her We've known the, for a long time. That she we've exists. known for many episodes in the first season, right, that Sarah has this estranged sister, sister yeah. Tess. Yeah, and that Eddie has a brother who's committed suicide. They both lost yeah. a sibling. They've, yeah, okay. that's it. Yep, yep. And then, good point. And – Tess, we know just from a couple episodes ago, Hank has been seeing her on the sly because mm-hmm. he snuck off from the from the um, center in New York City and went to see That's his right. daughter. In and her, she seems it's like a fashion designer, a designer or something yeah. in fashion. Yeah. And then Eddie goes to see her. They end up at a coffee shop, and she gets up and storms out, but not before he plants the seed in her head and says, "They can't pretend we don't exist." And yeah. he plants that seed in Tessa's head. Yeah, that's not right. She doesn't yeah. come with that on her own. She's a denier, but she's saying she's a real denier. She's a real denier. She left yeah. in the middle of the night at age sixteen or something. You know. Oh yeah, and life was tough for her. Yes, is the implication. And, and now she's a self-made woman. Yeah, but she's still obviously got some kind of unfinished business with her family and childhood. So Eddie, it's so funny because when she gets up and stomps out of that diner. With Eddie, you think, oh, we might never see Tess again. Or Tess, Tess is kind of given Eddie the finger metaphorically. But yeah. actually, he's planted a seed in her head, which is they can't pretend we don't exist anymore. We exist. Yeah. We and what does rights. she do? What happens when that seed uh, takes root? What's she do? So, man, she storms into their like breaking of the fast celebratory big family meal. You know, there's there's yeah. some setup. and everybody's there. Cal's Everyone's there. there. There's some setup. There's all this yep. food, and, and you know, it's it's going to be a good time. And Cal's there, and she blows in that front door. Now, when you say like we haven't seen her before, for sure, here's what we know: Summer's never seen her before. Hawk's never seen her before. Yeah, like these people yeah. might not even. They probably know their auntie. They exists, couldn't pick her out of a lineup, but they've never met her before. Yeah, they might not know her name. She's yeah. t- talked about as as though she's dead, and yeah. she walks in and like, and one of the first things Cal steps in like, oh, I look, oh, yeah. he tri- can I handle this? And she and I thought I want I wondered what I I wish I would have asked the writer of this episode what this line meant when she says, oh, are you a part of this family now? Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Does he not, not get to be at dinner because, or does he not? I don't know. I don't know what, <clears throat> you know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But, so, but Tess she is- gets up in the grill of, now let's, let's talk about the different ways that different people in her family react. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, Hank, who's been seeing her on the sly, is kind of like, okay, you exist. Like, I'm busted. You exist. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe let's make like let's make the yeah. you 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 get the impression Hank would Hank's be the one sleeping on the couch that night. Gabby, oh yeah, it. you would you would think Hank, Hank might be the one who's going to say, "Join us for dinner." 
Like yeah. that would be the religious thing to do would be to welcome the stranger and the outsider into your dinner, even yeah. the denier. Of right? course. Yeah. This is what Jesus says about people. When you excommunicate people from the church, like first you go to them alone and confront them. Then you bring the elders of the church. Then you bring the whole community. And if they still don't repent, you do what? Jesus says, you then you go to treat them like a, like a tax collector or a sinner, which is yeah. how does Jesus teach treat tax collectors and sinners? Eat and drink with them. Eat with them. Yeah. Like you just treat, you just treat them like somebody who never knew the truth. That's good. Yeah. That's excommunication yeah. according to Matthew 18. Right. Yeah, it's not it's not expulsion. Well, Sarah is like, get the hell out of my house. Yeah. And I want to protect mom. Like, how can you do this to mom? Yeah. As though it's about mom. As if or as if mom didn't do anything to her in the first right. place. Right. Mar- yeah. Mar- there's absolutely no except for maybe with Hank, nobody has any compassion for how this whole thing affected Tess. Yeah. And here's the thing. Sarah can't look at her, right? Doesn't look because at her. she exposes. She is the. Tr- I'm, I'm sound nerdy here, but she's the truth that exposes the lie. Yeah, right. The sure. movement is not the truth. The movement is a lie. In this moment, insofar as they continue to practice practice this denier policy, yeah, they are a lie because they are not the light for the world. They are not the light for everybody. They put these parameters on it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where Jesus, where you say that the, this issue of uh, kind of excommunication or whatever, what Jesus is never cutting off anybody. Right. Jesus is never denying the light, the never denying himself to anybody. Never. Yeah, that's right. Right. They're just not part of that community. Yeah, that's right. And they're always welcome to come back into that. And community Sarah as far says as Jesus can't, is talking. And Sarah, I mean, Tess is simply saying you can't speak about reconciliation. You can't speak about atonement in this three day ritual or whatever. And she, maybe she knows that this is what's going on and this maybe, is why she yeah. shows up. You can't speak about this as long as we're as we are separate. Yeah. And I would think that we means her and Eddie and all the other families that are not a part of yeah. that community. So she's great, and I think, and I think we see it, and and I, and we really see it now, almost on a daily basis, in our public religious figures, right? Yeah. You think about people who are. <laughs> the fun, I don't know if you've been seeing this, but uh, who who was it? What what religious nut job this time is trying to call for the boycott of the new Beauty and the Beast movie because oh, of the character? I don't know who did that, but I heard. Hey, guess what? Guess what? Bestiality. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah. Just that gay character, though, you know? Well, but, you know, you it's, those things. Re- it's, those, it's those things where it's, it's where you, you, when you try to pin and an, an other someone like that, yeah. you know, Sarah can't look. Sarah can't look at that. Sarah has to keep that separate because deep down she knows that she's the problem. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Not test, but that Sarah knows that she herself is the problem. Yeah, it's true, and I, and we see this break, and we see this come uh, come up also with another uh, event in this episode. Sean's parents show up, right? Sean and Mary aren't happy; they're not thrilled. No, they're both a they're little tortured. worried about who's ba- who's the baby, yeah, or who does the baby and, belong and to. As we, and we, as we talked about a couple episodes ago, when when Sean's when Sean when calls he phones his parents. Home. Yep. Um, but what'd you like in that? Once too? that, that a, sliver of doubt is in his mind, there he's not gone. going back to the movement. 
Gone, baby, gone. Right? Like a yep. tiny little wedge has been driven in between Sean and the movement. And yep. that's – once there's a crack – or I'm, I'm mixing metaphors here. But once there's yeah, a crack in that ice, man, it's, yeah. it's, not free, it's not coming back together. And once, the, and once his parents show up with their quote-unquote friend – yeah. Who we know as a cult specialist, like his her her expertise is kind of rescuing people from the uh-huh. cult. It's done, yeah, right? Yeah. And so they start in this episode. We'll see this. Can we'll see this progress over the next couple episodes. But it, but here they they first they sit down and have a coffee or something, right? And they first talk about this idea of maybe leaving. Yeah. And they meet individually with Sean and their and friend, Mary. right? The cult yeah. specialist is a little more. Aggressive. She's a little more secretive, right? No, she's like, she's like, tell me about your situation, right? Oh she's yeah, a bit more. Yeah, she's she's trying to figure out what's actually going on. Yeah, yeah. So that you you see that too with the kind of brokenness of the community and, and anything that kind of asks you, how, how do you hold that tension with the the lines from Jesus about you'll hate your mother or your brother or your father for for my sake. Like that familial division. I think. Does this make you think about that? I mean, I guess a little like bit. How do you? How, how have you thought about that? And here's career? what I, here's what I would say. I'm sure that Christian cult leaders have used that those verses repeatedly yeah. to drive a wedge between people, young young people and their families. I'm quite so sure on the. Of it. On the theological side, though, if we're talking about TV and theology, how have you handled that theologically in your... I personally don't feel any compunction to make Jesus' statements all kind of come into line with one another and be consistent. You know what I'm saying? I think Jesus spoke very hyperbolically. Sometimes I think he spoke metaphorically sometimes. Nobody's, nobody's plucking their eyeball out. I think gospel writers embellished. I think particularly the gospel of John is heavily uh, theologized and editorialized. So I just, I take it for what it is. I don't, I mean, I think the interesting thing is one of, so let's knuckle when, Tony, everybody. When a, the when, Bible is just a bunch of hyperbolic yeah. nonsense. When 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 that when a passage like that falls in your lap in the in the in the um, lectionary in the lectionary for you to preach on, that's when I find it fascinating. I don't find it fascinating as like I'm going to sit down and write a Bible study that, on family values and how Jesus did or did not conform to American family values, family system structures. Yeah, another. A good one. Another strong Just episode. Heating up, heating up, and and season two of we're in the home yeah. stretch. The final three, yeah, coming up around yeah. the corner. This was episode two ten of the path, and now streaming on Hulu. Watch it, people. You've been listening to Killer Serials. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next week.